0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are watching off the track, and it is time to drop the hammer. Well.
1: Hey. <laughs> I think this makes more sense now. Why they people just like you just start talking because yeah. it's like there's not you don't have to even really welcome people in. No, there's
0: nothing to welcome. It's just you're not even
1: looking at a camera or anything. I mean, it, I think it'd be funny to mention like this feels weird.
0: It, I mean, it feels weird but cool. Like honestly,
1: different. since we are recording, you know, maybe we'll just make this this. Uh, That's what I would do. Uh, all right. So, welcome back to Off the Track, episode number twenty seven.
0: Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Twenty seven. My bad.
1: Or, let me check. Let me check. Thought it was twenty eight. See, we. The thing
0: is, is. <laughs> We've been off and on with this, and uh, we're looking for a solution. We love going in the studio. We love making videos for y'all, but uh, I think this is going to be the new look of 2022 audio-only podcast. Yeah, 27. 27, and and the reason we're going to do this is because it's going to give us so much more opportunity to talk about stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of smiling, laughing here because it feels so weird to be in a place that's not where we normally shoot to be, you know, doing this, but it just feels like so much easier to talk and it's going to allow us to do so much more with the podcast, which means, you know, upload possibly weekly, hopefully weekly.
1: Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is jumping kind of straight into it. Um, we're back, you know, we're starting 2022 and as Bennett mentioned, we have been talking a lot on like how we can get this podcast going and, you know, what we should do and, you know, should we try to keep the videos coming? We we literally went down every every route. Uh, you know, we obviously started off the track one year ago, almost pretty much maybe to this day we're even shooting a little bit a, about 365 days ago, and then we uploaded our first episode, and things were rolling really good at the beginning of the year. They you know, were. we had a lot of time on our hands. Uh, I would say, uh, you had just quit your job, right? Uh, or, yeah, or well, close.
0: It, yeah, it was like um, <clears throat> I was able to quit and then go full-time and, and race. You, and, you were
1: al, and you were also putting a lot of, like you were spending a lot of time or you were putting a lot of effort in to come up here for the podcast as right, well.
0: Right, yeah. I would come up. Well, what was cool is, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize I would stay up here for probably weeks on end. Last year, I think. You lived up here for at least over a quarter of the year. Right. And so it was, it was unique. It was different. It's kind of like, you know, when you always dream about this is the dream, going out racing every day, spending days in the shop, you know, and just making content, It you know, that's what we did, and it's pretty cool to see this is where the podcast has kind of evolved to, and if you asked me last year if this is where it'd be, I would say no, because, you know, the the studio, I think we both can agree, is one of my favorite rooms. Absolutely. Like, it's so cool the way it is, so we don't want to can the studio, so if this, this is saying anything, when we can, we will shoot in the studio, but we're going to stick with audio only right now, because we want to give you guys the content, And I know Tanner and I, this is one of our most favorite forms of content right here.
1: Yeah, no, it absolutely isn't. I think both of us, like we're kind of people that like to to jump in with both feet. Like if we're going to do something, we want to do it. And I think one thing that was kind of getting at both of us was like we were putting our best foot forward, but the podcast just wasn't working because once we started racing a lot, One, it takes a significant amount of time to edit the podcast, schedule people, you know, when we're trying to bring in guests. And there's a lot that just goes into doing a show, you could say, because I think it's more of a show than a podcast, at least with the video or with the video. With this, it's obviously, you know, this is kind of what it's about, just audio. Right. Uh, But it it took a lot for both of us. And we were both at the same time trying to shoot videos and and just do other things. We have a lot of priorities in both of our lives that are that are different And so this kind of just got kicked to the curb, which made me really sad. And so I feel like last year was kind of a a trial. You know, we tested some stuff and we did some things really well, but I think we now have figured out maybe the direction to where this can be sustainable and we can be consistent and put out a lot of content. So that's kind of... A little bit of an explanation because we we did really good all the way up until, I think, July.
0: Well, and we had great intentions because if you remember, we may have mentioned this before in those other podcast episodes, but we brought all this gear with us across the United States twice And we never 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 had time. I mean, even when you think you have downtime racing, there's not because you're going through every little thing, which is you know that's just what we love to do. So I'm I'm happy and I'm excited. This is going to be the new face, and uh, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's just it's really comfortable. I think you know also with the podcast we we're we're gonna just try to change it up. You know we we would like to interview guests, but I think we're gonna be really intentional about what guests we bring on and ones that can really add value to uh, you guys listening. Think, ones that we also enjoy because it is there's certain people you just you don't hear much about them and they have unique stories and, and we want to bring them on but obviously there's a lot of racing shows that that talk to drivers and i think like if you want to hear that there's a lot of other people that do that and we kind of have just more our outlook on the sport and our experiences i mean shoot 2021 the 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 pages we could have wrote of, of experiences and and laughs and things and we got to share some of that in some of those episodes when we did get to shoot so i feel like kind of moving from Forward this year. This is going to be a fun look. And as Bennett mentioned, we're going to be able, because it's so easy, you know, to literally hit this record button, we could be rolling down. This is legit where, you know, we brought that stuff to the Midwest. We could be rolling down the road in the RV and hit record on our little deal we got here and and then post it within, you know, 10, 12 minutes. It's not hard. So I think that this will be something where we can get the content out quick. And I know it's just, uh, you know, just an audio version, but man, yeah, like Bennett said, I'm I'm pretty pumped.
0: I think, uh, you know, if we do any, traveling that requires overnight travel this year i think it'd be kind of funny to set this up in a gas station like we do I when agree. we try to upload stuff i agree and we just shoot the podcast there. shoot it in just uh you know if we're if we're able to get power i think it'd be cool to almost do if we do like a two-day show at like let's say skagit for dirt cup go up in the grandstands yeah maybe then we could bring the camera you yeah. know, maybe then we get for some, some certain situations. Right. I think that'd be cool. But uh, no, this is going to allow us to do so much. And um, in, in we don't necessarily have to have a requirement. We're not really going off of a script here. This is just, this is the most raw form of content that it gets for us.
1: Absolutely. And like we said, we're not going to completely 86 the guests. We're going to have guests here and there. And and we actually have one that we're going to be doing a little bit later this week that I think we're both pretty pumped up yeah. that we've been trying to get on for, for a little bit. But uh, this podcast is going to be a lot about, you know, kind of looking forward at 2022 and all it has in store. And I'm definitely, well, first off, Oh, I did have a question I was going to ask you. Yeah. Are, uh, I'm a big goal setter going into the new year. Like I, I know it sh- I probably shouldn't be this way because I think if you want to accomplish something, you should be able to change your mindset and your, uh, man, what's the word? Your your habits at any moment. Yeah. But for me, like, the new year is a big reset. I really like it. I feel like it's really easy in the, I call it the fourth quarter of the year, you know, October, November, December. Mm-hmm. Get a little bit lazy, but also in a way, like, I think in, in a way we kind of deserve it. Like, it's been a long year and kind of, you kind of take some of that time where maybe, especially like in racing, it's a lot slower. So you try to take advantage of that because most of the year is not like it, but you know, it's a reset. So are you, do you like to set goals? Are you more the type of guy that, you know, you just maybe want to head in a certain direction? Cause like I said, me, like I got a whole list of goals and I got them everywhere. So I, you know, can focus on them.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I set goals. Uh, it may not be as, you know, yearly <clears throat> or like, you know, a certain time frame or anything, but like uh do you want to hear some? Let's see. I mean if you're if you got them. So, there's one goal I have in life, two two bucket list goals. Um one is to fly in a fighter jet. I I probably will never fly one myself, but I want to ride passenger. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that'd be one of the coolest experiences, definitely top of the bucket list. And two is to own a Lamborghini Huracan. Heck we yeah. saw one today in Jacksonville. We did. And uh it was beautiful. I love Lamborghini, my favorite car brand. Um their cars are awesome. So that's my other goal. And then uh Current goals this year, I, I think you'll share yours after this, maybe? I absolutely can. Um, So, current goals this year, it's kind of funny. There's this game I play on my phone, and I'm getting really good at it. Like, I play <laughs> it a lot. It's called Arch Hero. It's like this stupid game where it's like all fantasy, and you're shooting monsters and stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I could maybe contend to be top in the nation. I'm top 5,000 out of hundreds of thousands really? at play. So. I put a lot of time into that. So that's just kind of funny and silly there. But uh, another goal is just to race more with my program Absolutely. and take it to the next level and not necessarily, you know, racing more, but I want to do more for the fans, you know, the community. I want to do more for my sponsors. I want I want to be able to, you know, do a lot more than what I've been doing because, you know, we got all our stuff sent off, which we'll talk about a little bit later, I'm sure, in this one um, about my race car. So
1: uh, but yeah, I just want to race more and take take life day by day this year. I agree. I, I can actually relate a lot to what you said, and and for my program as well, and just w- what we're trying to do. You know, I actually really liked how you ended that with you know taking life day by day, and that's something I want to work on a little bit. Just like you know, I I have a lot of personal girl- goals. You know, I think like it's really it's really crazy or it's really easy for you to kind of get focused on looking so far ahead. So I try not to do that. You know, like like you said, take late life uh, day by day. But yeah, just really taking our program to the next level. Uh, we got some stuff that's going to be a little bit different, and we're just going to kind of transition into that. We're setting our schedule. We're getting the car designed. We're doing kind of the normal things you do early or, you know, late in the year, then early into the next year. Uh, but, but yeah, I think this year is going to be a big one for our team and mainly trying to grow. You know, I think last year we really – we jumped in – we jumped in – to play with the wolves and and that's a hard thing to do and i yeah. and i and you know it gives me a whole another level of respect for everybody that was on our team and, and my family and what they did and, and how they you know you and you as well like staying by my side you know through a, a really tough year and, and a lot of good competition so i think this year we're going to try to set a schedule to you know have a lot of races we can win and, and really try to grow and, um, you know, just take that next step and race a lot in the Pacific Northwest as well as try to go to the Midwest a little bit. And I, I just can't wait to be around a lot of the the fans that we have here. And I think now as we're kind of transitioning out of the the two years we had where, you know, fans were at the races. And this year was better than the year before. But, you know, we're kind of really back to normal. So yeah. and, and be able to go wherever and not have to worry worry about that. Uh, and then I kind of talked about some of my social media goals Or I I guess just I talked about that in another video for YouTube. And yeah, just talking about trying to not, you know, everyone wants to grow their community. But man, I really want to keep building the community we have. And And the connection. The connection. It's it's strengthening everything that, you know, so many of you guys come back and, and listen to what we have to say or watch the videos. and. Man, that, that means more than, you know, you guys will ever know. But, um, you know, just trying to do more fun stuff to keep you guys engaged and, and build it to where, um, you know, not just our connection together, but everyone else that is here. Because there's so many awesome people and we're all family because we, you know, we love the sport of racing. So I think, you know, 2022 has a ton in store.
0: I think uh, if I if I look back at, you know, being excited for a race season, I think in a whole, I am most excited for 2022 and what's to come. Because, you know, watching your career progress, you know, the possibilities and ideas and, you know, what you've got in store for this year that I know a little bit behind the scenes. And then for my career, and then also look at the sport of auto racing. I mean, outlaw karts are growing. They're at the best they've ever been. Um, you know, NASCAR is going to next gen in everything. I think even our social media platforms and us growing, I'm so excited for 2022.
1: Yeah. I, I would have to agree on every single level you said there. Uh, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way, even though, you know, I felt like last year we necessarily maybe didn't get like, you know, it's kind of, it sound like the typical driver post, like we didn't get the results we wanted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that happens. And I think like, you know, I wouldn't say it was an off year, really. It was a, gr- it was a learning year, but you know, how much you can learn from that. And then as you said, like going forward, you know, we have such a, a big season ahead of us. And I feel like myself, especially in my outlaw cart, even though I know I've been racing that my whole life. So, you know, I know if some people are going to, Maybe say, like, you expect someone to be good with as many laps, and I absolutely feel the same way. But I feel really good behind the wheel in that thing, um, you know, whether it's Roseburg or Red Bluff or any of the couple other tracks we've ran. But I feel on a whole nother level in that. So I'm, I I feel like that's going to be a, a little, even a confidence booster into the sprint car because I think no matter what you race, you know, if you can put together good results, um, in the seat, you know, that can transition over, you know, many different ways. Uh, and kind of talking a little bit about the Outlaw cart, we wanted to cover some of the races we missed in between, uh, epi- the last episode we shot and kind of moving into this new year. Cause we ran Roseburg a little bit, which is a track that's, uh, about an hour and a half North of the shop. We'll be there this weekend for a big winter showdown, uh, race is what it's called. But there was a big weekend that actually happened where a little surprising. So Last time we shot, I came down to California with another friend of mine, Kyler Shaw, and Bennett. And I, we did that shoot at um, at the rodeo place. What was that? Uh, oh yeah, the Redding Rodeo with Eric sh- Gannon. Yeah,
0: we shot uh, Eric's episode there. Yeah,
1: we shot that there. Well, on that trip, I actually was mainly going to California to purchase that my new outlaw cart that I just bought. I had sold, uh, I sold my car previously, which it was a good car, but I mean, it was you know, it, it had some, it had it some did. miles on it. It did,
0: but it you had, know what? That's that's the strength the QRC right there. It held up. It, it did. It
1: held up for a while, and I just felt like I wasn't going to be able to contend with the people that I needed to contend with. And and I will proudly say, I, I don't know if I said it necessarily straight up in the video, but I purchased my new Outlaw cart myself, which I was I was proud about. I'd worked hard, and uh, anyway, so I bought that car. It was an ex-QRC house cart. It was uh, all the components and stuff on it weren't like they had some races and then it had a brand new frame because I uh, think it was Kennedy's. It was either Kennedy's or Landon's before. So anyway, I, I purchased that from QRC, and right out of the gate, we were fast. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend, we won the first night. Track was pretty rough, but we won, pulled away, and uh, just, you know, we did everything we would do at Red Bluff. And then kind of going into the the second night, I knew that the main guy to beat was going to be Jesse Caldwell. And and that's someone we've talked about on the podcast before. Unbelievable talent. And there there was a lot of cars. Second night, uh, we ran good in our heats. Ended up being on the front row with Jesse. And that was actually one of the more exciting nights, uh, I feel like, of the years. Great feature. run. We ran many different lines. He went to the bottom, went to the top. I was switching. We were back and forth. I led early. He got the lead. And then uh, eventually, with eight laps to go, I was able to just get a really good restart and time it perfectly. And I was able to drive away for the win. And then that was uh but that was two nights in with that new car and we were able to win both of them.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> One thing that's going to be uh different here coming up is Roseburg. You've been committed to, I think the past maybe two years running a four stroke there. Yeah. And so now this upcoming weekend, you're going to go back to the two stroke, the house cart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy's coming up with the, the QRC carts for this weekend, which you know, you talked about the sport growing, and I really like to talk about Roseburg. Uh, like I mentioned, that Thanksgiving weekend, we had 33 opens, and, you know, Roseburg's been a place where... They have
0: they have uh, their locals, just like Red Bull yes. 4. They have their same guys that will show up every weekend.
1: Yeah, they have guys that run there a lot, and one thing I'm most excited about in the sport is Oregon Outlaw car racing. You know, I want to see good racing close to home. I think there's a lot of value in obviously being able to only travel very close and be able to go race at a good track. And we've always had to travel down uh, down south to Red Bluff. But Roseburg is really starting to, I feel like, get in their own and develop great a great car count weekly no matter what. Pay. And pay's starting to go up. They're paying a little bit more. They're having some bigger shows. I think this weekend is 12:50 to win Sunday, which is a solid payday for whoever is able to bring that home. Hopefully it's us. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – You've seen it as you were up there with me last year. I think the night, even that night where there there was over 30 opens. Right. Um, I mean, and it's a solid racetrack. It's pretty smooth. It's got great people running it. And they're trying to grow the sport and they are doing it with open ears, which I think is very, very key because they're willing to listen to ideas and evolve, you know, depending on what the racers need and want. Yeah.
0: I I also want to mention on the topic of Oregon outlaw kart racing there. uh, Did you see that Southern Oregon Speedway is guaranteed to pay? I saw something like feedback. that. I saw it. And I think that's really cool, but I think that is the main event only. Probably, Maybe yeah. Maybe not through the B-Main. But what what I also want to mention there is back in the day, there used to be the – what was the challenge? That walk cart challenge. Oh, Q-R- went to,
1: QRC All-Star Tour. Is that right? Yep.
0: And I, I know a lot of our friends and stuff, we always kick it around. We want that to come back. Yeah. And, you know, it's so cool to see – you know, you, you always travel down south. You know, Red Bluff and Cyclone are the key places for racing. I feel like Oregon putting maybe Roseburg back in there easily top three on the west coast Absolutely. of tracks. Um, you know, if we can get these guys coming back and forth and almost turn it into a, a like two or three track series... For a couple guys, so you could run your individual points at each track. Yeah. But I think if we could coordinate with some of these tracks, we could have almost a two or three track series throughout the year, where you know Ro- uh, Red Bluff and Oregon Roseburg uh, are both winter shows, and so or winter tracks, I, I should say. And so I feel like you could put together a points series between both of them. And I think that would be sick because we don't we don't have that and what we did have back in the day is gone now. So hopefully that could come back too.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of potential. One another props to Roseburg you mentioned like possibly getting guys to race in between Roseburg only scheduled and it's just because well, so what they did is they put out their schedule and they race every weekend Red Bluff's not racing. There's only mm-hmm. two that conflict. I think Roseburg's a 14 race schedule and Red Bluff's 13, 13 or 12, yeah. 12 or something.
0: 12 this year, I think. And then 13 for like for nationals. Yeah. Uh,
1: and, but how they do their points is they have two drop shows. So you can mm-hmm. run both places for points if you're interested. Right. And I thought that was, I thought that was super neat because I mean, you could know, you imagine
0: Red Bluff with drop shows.
1: I, that might be really interesting. I don't right. know how that would work. Uh, but I just thought it was cool how you could run, you know, both tracks. I thought that that was something, you know, if, If I was able to, you know, obviously the winner is when we're trying to race a little bit less. But I do think it would be fun, you know, maybe just run for points at both. Um, I don't know if I actually ever will. But that was just something cool that they're doing, and then I feel like because of all the stuff that they've been building up over the last couple of years, I mean, you know, they're they're seeing returns. I know opens last week was uh, twenty opens, which yeah. that was considered a low night. The I know when the week before was twenty six.
0: Right, and I know the big shows, uh, maybe last year, no, not last year, maybe the year before, or so um, eighteen nineteen area, not twenty. T- because there's COVID. But, yeah. uh, you know, the big shows are when the, the car count was there. And also, I want to give a props to the Oregon drivers. A lot of them come down to Rebluff. You included, Absolutely. like, the Oregon guys want to race. And they yeah. come down. And, you know, uh, that's why I'm excited to see so many Cali guys, our, our friends, going up to race this weekend. I think that's awesome. I think there needs to be more traveling. You yeah. know, it all just depends per team. But it's cool to see. Yeah, I think they're
1: expecting about 40 this weekend, possibly. We're Which kinda, is huge. That's huge, Roswell. yeah. And it's usually because... Not as many guys travel, I feel like, from California up as maybe they should, but it is. There's a lot of factors. I mean, you you've done the drive a lot. I've done the drive a lot. It's kind of. It's not that great.
0: Winter, winter's huge effect. Winter's hard going over the pass. I mean, you guys, you. I think that's a quick little story you should tell. Coming home from Red Bluff that night. Oh
1: shoot! You guys were in
0: literally a blizzard. Yeah. Was that with the trailer?
1: Uh, just the truck. I think think it was was just it was just the truck. Yeah, Yeah. So I. So that was after that was after points race number 6 which I yeah I have that noted. So well let me fast forward the week before so we go back to Red Bluff after that really good Thanksgiving weekend we had. You know I'm confident as can, as can be and we had the most disastrous night possible. Like qualified horrible, horrible heat race side panel flies off in the B main. Oh actually C main. I barely get through the C main. Uh side panel flies off in the B. We have some controversy after the B like all sorts of stuff goes down. Yep. Um just, you know, just little things or whatever, but don't make the show that night. Then the next week after the car didn't feel good. And I thought maybe it was a little bit, I think it was, it was a little bit of me for sure. I just didn't have a good weekend, but our package just was off and you know, things weren't clicking and that, and that happens. Then the next weekend we come back and it's like, it's like last weekend, didn't it's like the weekend before it didn't even happen. Right. Fast out of the gate, get through the heat race, start on the front row, of the feature and, had the fastest lap time of the feature, lead most of the laps, small battle with my, uh, my teammate Landon Brooks, and come home with our second win of the season. Phenomenal night, one of those nights when you're like, you know, man, you just want to hang out, but there was no hanging out to do because no. we had to get home. Otherwise, we weren't going to get home. So Red Bluff's in Northern California, and in between Red Bluff and my house is probably two areas that can be difficult when it starts to snow. The one that's close to my house is right, uh, the mountains, it's the Siskiyous, Uh the Siskiyou Mountain Range, which I think at the top is like where the freeway is, is almost 5,000 feet. So it's up there, maybe 4,000. And then the other area is through uh, the Dunsmere. Dunsmere,
0: yeah. You get in Dunsmere right below Mount Shasta, and it's yes. like a slot of snow where it just packs in there.
1: It gets bad. It gets really bad. So we're driving home, and all this, and like I said, we weren't even sure if we were going to make it. At this point you know, Dunsmere is about 45 minutes to an hour uh, north, you know, as you start going up the freeway and we're starting to get up there, um, you know, in the higher elevations and it is just snowing. Like you cannot believe the whole road's covered. You can barely see out the windshield, you know, the car, there wasn't any cars really on the road and there yeah. was no snow plows yet either. So it was like kind of in the middle and I'm sending these videos to Ben and I'm like, man, you know, I mean, we haven't really seen anybody (laughs) wrecked yet, but it's just because no one's up. Like, no one's trying to get home, you know, like us.
0: So big props to John there.
1: Yeah, John did a good job, uh, my dad. So we kind of keep cruising, and it's getting worse and worse. And then eventually, once we got a little bit farther, you get to uh, Weed, California, which is about the middle point. And it wasn't snowing as bad, so we got a a portion where, uh, you know, it was... It wasn't... Weed Irika flattens off. It's like high yeah, desert. Yeah, it wasn't horrible. And then we get to the Siskiyous and, oh my gosh, we're doing, you know, 15 miles an hour, no chains, four wheel drive. And just how my dad got home, I have no idea. And there wasn't many cars on no. the road. So that made it easier. You know, you're driving. It's so bad. You're driving not in a lane. You're just driving in the middle of the road. Uh, That's, that,
0: that's my dad. That's pretty funny because uh, another friend of ours, Brian Huber, if you know Brian, he's crazy was driving a Subaru in the same storm, but going down the hill. Yeah, he was coming from Roseburg. And I think we—I think he put the left side in the guardrail. I think yeah. he put the left side of the Subaru in the guardrail. So that's pretty funny right there. But, uh, you know, glad you guys made it. And uh, I think that is one of the things that bounds drivers from traveling as much as the snow. So, you know, once the year turns over, January, the snow is going to start thinning out a little bit. And uh, that's why we're going to see a pretty good car count this weekend. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, this weekend and then kind of moving forward once we, you know, get back to Red Bluff. Uh, that's when things kind of get, uh, you know, start to really increase by a lot. One other race I wanted to talk about where we kind of ended uh, ended the year with some excitement was the last race at Red Bluff before the break. Uh, we had a pretty intense battle with my teammate Landon Brooks, and that I, I was something I was actually kind of looking forward to talking about on the podcast because, you know, just go a little bit more in depth uh, in depth about what happened. I mean, it was overall just a good race. We never touched or whatever, but uh, started out the A-Main event in fourth, and that was, I guess that was the Gary Jacobs Memorial. So $1,500 to win, you know, I guess a little extra prestige. Uh, we had won the Tyler Wolf earlier in the year, so that was like, in you know, one of those races that is just uh, a little bit tough or a little bit tougher and I had so many questions on that video, and that's why I was so excited to talk about it. You know, racing with your teammate, that is, that's is—that's something that's different. You know, most guys in dirt racing, you don't have teammates, right. and this is just a little bit more of a unique situation with the the factory QRC guys, how we do have two cars. Um, I've, I drove for them when I was the only car, and I have drove for them when there was three of us. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I've kind of seen, uh, you know, when, when it's at all different parts of the program. But uh, Landon and I, we have a lot of respect for each other. Landon and I are friends. It's, you know, we 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 talk all we talk all the time at the races and whatnot. And uh, that that is just something that was that was different. You know, um, I think when you're ra- racing up front like that, you actually want to be racing against your teammate because um, you hope that you know you're not going to wreck each other, which is you know a li- not a rare thing to happen. It can happen. Uh, is but, there, is there any
0: instructions from the boss there? Jimmy? There isn't.
1: No, I mean, there, there isn't anything besides like, just don't crash, you know, just run one, two. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of why, like, I think I saw some comments on the video where like, uh, you know, Tanner, you should have been more aggressive. You should have been this. And, and so what I wanted to, I guess, say on the show was like, man, there's so much going through my head. Cause I, I gotta be careful as much as Landon, I think is kind of thinking the same thing. You know, we don't want to wreck each other, uh, because we, you know, there was one previous situation, not between me and Landon, but, Uh, between me and another driver a couple years back when we wrecked going for the win um in the red cars so that was two or three years ago with another house driver but uh land i've raced together the last couple of years we haven't had a single incident but we've always ran each other hard and with respect but yeah for you know all the people that were kind of asking uh you just have to you have to really toe the line and i think it actually worked out where i was really good on the bottom and he was really good on the top so we could kind of both run our line Um, and, and just ultimately put on a good show that came down to the last corner. But you got to think like in that race, I am thinking like, man, I don't want to, you know, last thing I want to do is, you know, ever put Jimmy in a spot where, you know, I, I, I hope that he picked me for a situation like this to where I can fulfill, you know, what he's hoping for, which ended up being us to come home one, two, and it, it, it sucks being the guy that's second, but ultimately, you know, that was a really good night for, for the team, for us to have that much speed, especially after that one rough week for us to bounce back and then. I go in victory lane, and then you know the 60L's in victory lane the weekend after.
0: Does the uh, I got a question about the teammate thing there? Do you ever feel like you know the other driver to a T since he's your teammate? Like, I think do you, so because you know you go out there, you can only guess what every other person's setup is, and I don't know if you know your teammate's setup or not. I feel like it's fairly similar. They're very similar because yeah. it's Jimmy who sets them both up. Yep. Do you do you not go do you go into it knowing the setup that you can race him a certain way?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, uh, in a way, I feel like I—I I guess you could say both Landon and I know each other probably a little bit too, to a deeper extent than maybe the other drivers. You right. know, besides the knowledge you have from just racing against people, because we do get to kind of we, you know, we'll talk after heat races on, you know, what we're both struggling with, what's good, um, you know, what's working, and I feel like, you know, especially since we're obviously out of the same trailer all season long, I—I've heard his struggles, I've had the same struggles, I've had strengths were his or weaknesses and vice versa. You know, he's been strong in areas where I feel like my stuff's weak. And so it definitely actually adds a really interesting element. I didn't even necessarily think about that, but I think just in your head, that's how it, yeah. how, how it works. And I talked the same thing kind of about Carly, you know, I think when we had her on the podcast way back when, you know, I feel like I know her the best or how I can race her because of, you know, um,
0: that's my next question. Yeah. What's harder to race a sibling or a teammate?
1: Oh shoot. I would say it's uh, harder to race Carly for sure. Just a sibling because I mean you got to go home to. It. No matter I mean, what, we're still going to be siblings. If, you know, I were to if something were to happen, you know, you're not, you know, me and Landon in, over the next 10 years of outlaw Kart racing, we probably won't always be teammates, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but like I said, both so much respect for and I think after Carly and I's incident, you know, that I don't th- think that will happen again hopefully. I hope yeah. not. Uh, but no, like I said, Landon and I race really good together. Um, and you know, we're going to continue to just, I think kind of how that goes is we just race as hard as we possibly can and just have that little extra line of respect of like, Hey, we both, we both need to finish the race and it's going to kind of continue to be that way, especially since, you know, we're both, um, we're both racing for points as we have the last couple of seasons and there's quite a few other guys in the mix and, and Red Bluff too. Uh, it just has a unique way of you know usually the guys you need to race against they'll throw you in the same heat races or the same B mains or whatever. I swear, so
0: many times, that I've always seen is the house carts are in the same heat. Yeah, every it happens night. a lot.
1: It, the orange cars that that, and that it's that. all it's
0: always three and four. So it's like oh yeah, you
1: both got to go forward. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, uh, but that was a that was a fun race. I know. I think uh, Chase Rodman, the announcer, called it the race of the season. So I was I, I was proud to kind of be a part of you know what a, a good clean show can be. And uh, that was a good way to kind of end our Red Bluff Outlaw season. After that, our
0: 2021,
1: not the season. Oh, yeah. Sorry. My bad there. You're correct. Um, And then we had a couple weeks off. Carly ran a race in Roseburg to start the year. I was uh, not able to attend that. And then the following weekend, which would be our last race to date from when this is uploaded- uh, was my first race of 2022, and we were able to sweep the night at the Roseburg Indoor. So I guess I guess you could say I'm feeling pretty good going into this weekend. Even though I'm in a, a different car than I usually run at Roseburg, but it's it's all the same.
0: I'm sh- I'm sure Jimmy will have it tuned up, and I think this is something cool to note too. Uh, for a lot of people that aren't up to date or whatever um, on the West Coast, so there's there's ha there's a tire rule that's in place because of you know shortages and whatnot. But this will be the first time that you've raced where i think a 50 is mandatory yeah because cyclan i mean everyone runs the same compound there it's just gets so Do you hard want to, to explain
1: just a couple a little bit of the different compounds to them yeah, yeah
0: so like 11 is going to be your softest compound right there you're going to have a 22 which is right in between you know a soft 11 or a harder 33 you're generally going to run a 33 on the left rear on an open and if you're going to run Anything harder than an 11, it's most likely going to be 50. That's what we've seen at Red Bluff. You know, other tracks, like I said, you know, you're automatically to a 50 at Cyclone. gets harder, abrasive. Every track's different. just depends on the surface. But, you know, it goes 11, 22, 33, and a 50. But uh, there's there's stuff you can do to harden and soften them, whether or not that's legal at their tracks. But Roseburg's one of those places, I think, is...
1: Uh, they, 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 so with the new tire rule, they, uh, you're not allowed to no. soak or do anything. Gotcha. You, the tire has to durometer at a 50, at 50 which 50. means is what, you know, what, which you, is cool, what That's, you purchase it at. I, I uh, like that
0: because what they're trying to do here is, you know, keep your tires on your car, not burn off an 11 if it goes slick or something like that. But it's also going to put, you know, more of the car in the hands of the driver, because yeah. I think you can comment on this as well. Uh, a hard compound on a hooked-up track, you don't know too much about it, I guess, other than cycling, but a tight little ring like this, what are, what are your thoughts going into it?
1: Yeah, I don't really know. I think it's going to be a game of who can figure it out within the two nights, and I think that's going to be the guys up front. I personally, at first, I won't lie, I was disappointed with their ruling of going to a harder compound on the right rear or, you know, having to run 50, the hardest compound, because at Roseburg all year... I wouldn't say we've been testing for this race, but you know when you run races, you're building a notebook and you're hoping to shine on the two big races. Roseburg had, which we shined at the the Turkey Shootout, and then you know obviously the winner Showdown is a race I've already won twice. I would like to make that a third time. You go every race you go to, you want to win. Uh, but yeah, so now we kind of have a curveball going into it, and uh, pretty much to describe what a fifty does on the right rear, in my opinion, is it just takes away a lot of grip and a lot of rear grip and a lot of side bite. And just about everything you want your car to do, it makes it not do. So I think, you know, this weekend, we're going to see slower lap times when the track's hooked up. I think we're going to see possibly... You know, the more I think about it, maybe better racing because if it because Rosberg's a fast track. So if it slows it down a little bit, did it, maybe it would make it to where you can, you know, race a little bit better. I
0: haven't been there when this happened, but did it rubber up last time? Uh
1: it hasn't rubbered up besides I, I think once this season. Pretty
0: abrasive. At yeah. one race. I know it got abrasive one race. So if it doesn't do that and it gets slick and you got a fifty and you're barely getting heat in yeah. it. Like yeah. you said, it's good racing. Yeah, because
1: the whole point of a fifty is it once it gets hot, you know, from wheel a lot of wheel spin, then it's gonna get good. But when a track's wet and it doesn't have the surface to create that heat, then it's never going to come in. So that's where, you know, we're going to have to do different things with the car. And I am I might even have to change my driving a little bit uh, just to adjust to what I need to do to be fast. So I'm not really sure. You know, I think it's going to be a huge question mark going into the weekend. In all reality, because of the tire shortage, it's probably the right call from what I heard, you know, because... The guys in Oregon can't get the tires they need to have an open tire rule, but some of the guys in California can. So by making the 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 rule the rule, it puts everyone on an even like playing it. field. Then the guys from California that are coming up yeah. don't have the fresh rubber or can't take advantage of the fresh rubber, um, if that makes sense. And if some of you guys are wondering why is there even a tire shortage, well, I mean that's an obvious obvious answer. But in general, even before everything that you know we've experienced over the last two years, Burris just there's a huge demand of tires. And sometimes, just because of how how life works, they're not always a- able to keep up. So, uh,
0: regardless, I think you can agree with me, hundred percent. Jimbo's gonna have it set up. Oh, we're gonna to be prime. good. We're gonna be good.
1: Jimbo's gonna have it set
0: up. But um, I, I think uh, that's gonna be good. Um, you know, Landon's gonna be racing up there for the first time. Yeah, Landon. You.
1: Yeah, Landon. First time I think up there in an open. I think he ran there way back in the day in our box stock days. Uh, but like I said, I'm happy for Roseburg. I can't wait to see the good car count. You know, I think one thing that's always been interesting about the place is that there's good competition and there's some good cars, but I think we haven't really got the chance to maybe see a really, really, really stacked field, you could say. Mm-hmm. And when I say stacked, I'm saying like you look at the A and you're like, all right, we got 14 really good guys. Usually there's you know maybe six to eight really fast cars and then the rest kind of fill in, and that just usually creates for a lot of yellows, and we just never get the chance to have a race where, you know, maybe potential for lap traffic. You get into lap traffic so fast there. So that's what I like about it. I think it could, you know, add a lot of different aspects and, and really show how good of a track it is based off of, you know, some of the cars that we could have there this weekend. So it's uh it's definitely going to be really really interesting. Other than that, we have a couple more races at Roseburg to finish off the winter season there and then we're back at Red Bluff for four or five weeks. Uh, with the two-day show, we have West Coast Nationals, and then we're going to be really kind of right into the uh, the summer season.
0: If you want to – a m- quick mention here. If you want to watch all this this weekend, Fast 4 Media, Kyle yeah, yeah, good friend, cast. Fast forward media is going to be uh, all live on it. So go ahead over there, buy your, is it, is it a platinum? Yeah, it's a platinum
1: membership, $30 a month. Uh, Kyler's not only like literally one of our best friends, but he even, you know, is a a partner sponsor on my sprint car. He's one of those guys, you need something. He has your back. And he is one of the big reasons outlaw carts, I feel like are where they are today because of, you know, all the coverage he's brought to the sport. So yeah, definitely don't be afraid to go over there. Uh, spend some money, and you get to watch a lot of really, really good action uh, in return. I guess kind of looking forward as we're getting a little bit closer to the end of this episode, we we talked a little bit um, briefly about plans, but I mean, you said your goals, Uh, you know, as far as your Dwarf card this year and whatnot, what are you thinking? Uh, You know, it's kind of in the mix.
0: So I never got to fully tell what happened, but we threw Rod And piston two, we threw the rod in the motor. So that's what put the holes in the case. We're going to get the case fixed up. We just ordered up the parts and sent the crank off to be rebuilt. And uh, I think that's going to be the hiccup. I was told maybe six to eight weeks, somewhere. Four to eight weeks, that's all I know. So that's obviously a long time. But the season doesn't really start until about two-ish months. Um, I would love to run Silver Cup, but I... I have to go check Chico's new schedule because you know the new promoters. I don't know if Dwarf Cars are on that race anymore or where they will be, but uh, I just want to run. I know for sure I want to run the pocket change race up yep. at
1: Willamette for two thousand. Quickly think. Uh, touch on how that how they get the money for that race. Yeah, that's
0: pretty cool. So the Dwarf Cars don't have like huge paying shows very often, but throughout the year you can go to shows that are you know if you're on the National Series, Colorado, I think maybe put together a 5,000 to win show, which is huge. Um, down in Texas, they have a big race down there that pays out. But the pocket change race is something the Northwest Club puts together, and they collect literally change throughout the whole year. <laughs> That's so sick. In October 1st, you win all the money in change. Like, it doesn't come out in bills. They give you tubs of change. And I know we got the chance to watch it in 2018.
1: Yeah, I was at uh, Grace Harbor. Grace
0: Harbor. We watched a pocket change race the last day, or the last race of Speed Week. And uh, yeah, it was literally buckets of change. So I think it'll be cool. But uh, that's that's on my list. I want to run that. I want to run all of Speed Week this year, not blow up on day number one.
1: But uh, yeah, and I think, you know, maybe we got to make that driver swap happen. We are. Yeah, we want to do that. I don't know whether that's Southern Oregon or... Uh, yeah, definitely not the backyard track. I guess and I think about, no. it. but we did say dwarf car backyard track. We got some yeah. cool ideas. I
0: I'll uh, turn a lot there. I got I got to get a little better first.
1: I, I think it'll be good. Maybe we just uh, maybe what I'll do is I I need to bring a little dirt in to get some bank in. Maybe if, you can hold it wide.
0: If it's any slimy. Like when Kyler was on it with his truck and me and the Mustang, I'm definitely hitting the wall in turn three.
1: Might plow tight on corner entry. Uh, no, that's phenomenal. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And just, I know as more kind of the dwarf car schedules are starting to come out and they're Mm kind of, you know, seeing all the races you can run and, and seeing that class grow as well. I haven't been involved with it. Like I talk about the carts, but just when you do kind of step back from a distance and hearing a lot from you, like, it's cool to see how many of those cars there are. And, you know, some cool people in place that are really trying to you know, do some money shows and do some unique things and having them a it's, part of speed week is it, a big deal.
0: It's just like outlaw carts. I mean, the dwarf car community, I don't know how too involved you are with it, but it's growing huge. Like yeah, when you're looking at 127 cars at a national race, like that's a lot of race cars. Like that's, that's almost chili bowl. Like yeah. that's a third of chili bowl. Yeah. So like, that's crazy to think that they're growing so much
1: and I, I like it. I think it's cool to see. That's sweet. That's sweet. So uh, just a quick briefly touch on my plans. I mean, I'm going to this is this is just uh, to touch the surface, I guess you could say. But I talked about racing a lot in the Northwest. I think we're gonna try to stick close to home this year uh, a little bit more than we have in the past, and a lot of that is just because there's so many races you can run. I mean, it's crazy with Dirt Cup this year being fifty thousand dollars to win. Four tens, four tens again. Uh, the road to Dirt Cup races you can run, so you can run four ten races leading up to it, which is another three or four shows that we wouldn't have the opportunity to have at places like Cottage Grove and Silver Dollar. And then a couple of weeks before that, they have uh, what they're calling the fastest four days in motorsports, which is four nights of 410 racing on Memorial Day weekend. And one of those is at the Southern Oregon Speedway. Like The first time in seven or eight years, 410s have been at my local track, which usually races limited sprints. So I mean, you know, to people that get to see 410s all the time, doesn't sound like a big deal. To us guys that have... I've only seen one 410 race in person at my home track. It's a huge deal, so I'm I mean I'm smiling ear to ear just talking about it. So I, th- well, I was go gonna
0: say, not to interrupt you, but I think we're looking at possibly a perfect storm if they can get the track right there. Oh this yeah. is the first time that it's gonna be a new track for 410s. Oh yeah, they rebuilt they rebuilt it. It's way wider, way more way bent. better. Yeah, I think this could be a a really cool race to watch.
1: I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, lot of good competition as well, a lot of guys from California. So there's just a, so much potential between, like, you start adding, like I said, Dirt Cup. We'll have the fastest four days in motorsports. We'll have all the races on the road to Dirt Cup. We're going to have Peter Murphy Classic. We're going to have our California stuff to start the year, uh, some Tulare, Hanford, Ocean races. Then I think we're definitely, I can't confirm, but the goal is to go back to Knoxville and be there for all of it, you know, 360 nationals, 410 nationals, We're going to have the Outlaw swing uh, at the end of the year where they come through Washington and California. And so Trophy Cup, I mean, start adding stuff up. I mean, there's a lot of big shows as well as a lot of other places and tracks that I don't want to say yet just because I hate to say that we're going somewhere and we don't end up because things change like that, you know, with weather and – just, you know, things, plans, plans everything changes. Life. But a lot, a lot of tracks that I feel like or a lot of places I've been to before that I haven't got to go back to uh, in, in the last 365 days that we're hoping to uh, get back to. So it, it's going to be awesome. We're looking forward to it. But before we do that, we will have to finish up uh, Red Bluff, which we're looking to uh, chase a championship and have a couple more races there as well as what we have at Roseburg. Um, but I feel like that's kind of a, a, good, a good good jump back into uh, – podcast. What You have anything else you want to add? Not much. I mean, I love it. I think this is going to be awesome. We're going to be able
0: to put content out way more on the podcast channel. And I think it's going to be more raw like this, which is the first time I'm literally sitting on a couch right now Yeah, and my voice is kind of going out. So sorry about that. But you know, this is the most relaxed, coolest version that I've ever made of a podcast. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be a great year. We've been talking about it. I think that kind of Wraps up episode twenty-seven. We called it the new look of off the track, the new uh, the new route that we're going to go. Let us know what you guys think, and make sure to keep tuning in every single Wednesday for a new podcast as we uh, as we move forward into the year. Thank you guys so much. Thank you,
0: ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. You are watching Off the Track, and it is time to drop the hammer.